Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Nose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E-Dub, in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan from Here the Spear, presented to you by Noel Game Day. We are here tonight to recap Florida State's loss to the Wake Forest Demon Deacons this last Saturday. And we're going to go ahead and look ahead now to Florida State's matchup against Syracuse on Saturday at 3.30, home game at Dote Campbell Stadium in Tallahassee. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the coaching and the discussion there, uh, what is going on right now with Willie Taggart, uh, and how long do we, uh, as a podcast here, expect him to be in Tallahassee? A lot of stuff happened this week. We will get deep into it uh, before I start the podcast. Uh, I want to introduce you guys now to our lead writer, Dustin Lewis, and our lead basketball writer, Austin Beasy. What's going on, guys? How you doing? Doing great. Happy to be here tonight. Yeah, he took me away from the Vikings, but all in all, not too bad. Yeah, no, we're, we're recording during your Vikings game. I think y'all will be fine, though. I think you'll make it through. And the Redskins. <laughs> it's right. also the Vikings. We could screw up boiling water. Nah, that is kind of true. <laughs> that does happen. I'll tell you what, it is fun watching Dalvin Cook. I'm kind of triggered that we're recording this and not being able to watch it entirely. I have it on the tab here, but... Dalvin Cook is so fun to watch, man. He's absolutely killing it, and I, in my opinion, he's by far having the best season as a running back right now. Yeah, it's between him and McCaffrey right now. Those two are killing the game, but Dalvin's been electric to watch. Yeah, a healthy Dalvin is is good for football and good for FSU, too. Um, so real quick, too, before we get into everything, a little update podcast-wise with Hear the Spear um fisher adkins our lead graphic designer who jumped in he kind of came in at this out of uh a quick notice we had lost one of our uh, older co-hosts ryan who was on here he had to finish some school so he had to leave but fisher uh as you guys know he works and does design for mississippi state he does a lot of sports stuff, and he's actually working with football this season. So his schedule is through the freaking roof, along with being the lead designer for Noel Game Day. We do a lot of design work and a lot of creative work uh, and for all of our social media platforms, and he's a busy guy that way. Uh, and so he decided, and I, and I think it's a, I think it's a good idea. Uh, he, he wants to step down. He, he feels like he was kind of hurting the podcast because he wouldn't even be able to watch the games. Uh, he would have to go back on YouTube and watch condensed versions. And even if you're watching the condensed version, do you still miss, uh, you know, the extra, uh, stuff that's in there? And, uh, sadly he is going to step away at least for right now, maybe after football season, when things kind of slow down for him, he can jump back on board, uh, but he did text me, and I'm sure he's going to be listening to this, but he did text me also and say, and said Dustin was really hurting his <laughs> feelings with the Mississippi jokes. And, um, you know, I, I would like to say sorry ahead for Dustin. Um, I, I feel bad that we kind of pushed you away from the podcast. Fisher, but I don't know if you want to have, a, have an apology out, Dustin, for Fisher. You know, I could apologize, but being from Mississippi, I don't even think he'd understand it. Oh, wow. It just never ends. I don't know if he'll ever come back now. (laughs) You know, good good riddance. R.I.P. Goober. We hardly knew you. Yeah, R.I.P. to Well, seriously, we do. We'll we'll miss you. We'll miss you, Fisher. 
Yeah, no, we will. Um, like I said, he came out of this. We were texting one night, and he was like, I'll step in and do it. And it just ended up where we all started clicking, and it worked out well. Um, so, yeah, later on down the season, I'm sure we'll have him come back on. Uh, but now he can just get back into his little game mode and his nerdy self and just stay on his computer making designs and be in Photoshop all the time. So he don't have to worry about talking about football. Um, he's leaving the real men to do it here on Here the Spear. So nice of him to <laughs> nice of him to do that. Uh, but yeah, we love you, Fisher. Um, but now, as you guys know, we had Austin on last week uh, and he, we talked about basketball, but he stayed on to talk some more football. But if you guys don't follow Austin, he's been around Twitter for a long while uh, and I've known him for multiple, at, at least national championship year and on. Um, and great with basketball coverage, absolutely killing it right now. We have some basketball to talk about in this podcast too, but he's going to be joining us for definitely the remainder of the season uh, as much as we can get him on. Uh, and we sh- well, I'm looking forward to it. So glad to have you on, Austin. And I, I think we should jump right into it if y'all are down. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. So... I want to get, I want to get y'all's thoughts. So Florida State loses to Wake Forest 22 to 20 on Saturday. Uh, the big thing was Florida State's defense trying to make sure Wake Forest doesn't score as many points. They're one of the highest scoring offenses in college football uh, the season, and uh, Florida State uh, did a pretty decent job. I mean, keeping them to 22 points is huge. Uh, Florida State's offense couldn't help uh, that much, and that's something I'm sure will be the hot topic for this podcast. So. Uh, you tell me, guys. Y'all just give me y'all's personal recaps of that loss. And now Florida State is at three and four, a losing record, heading into Doak Campbell Stadium on Saturday against Syracuse. Well, we got kind of lucky that Wake only scored twenty-two points. They had what four trips in the red zone that only came away with three points. Six um, trips, actually. But you're not going to get that lucky every single game against that offense. And we were also playing their backup quarterback. If they're playing Jamie Newman. He'd probably go for 45 on us. Yeah, like Austin said, I mean, Wake Forest really just in the red zone all game. The defense, you know, they they bent, they bent, but they didn't break. They held Wake to five field goals in the red zone, just one touchdown. But really just all those long drives, not forcing punts, and, and just continuously letting the Demon Deacons have scoring opportunities. I mean, that just plagued Florida State all night, plus the weather. Yeah, I don't think the weather helped as much either. But, I mean, Florida State, I mean, offensively, you wouldn't really have thought Florida State were to lose this game. I mean, Cam Akers had a pretty nice stat line here. He had 30 carries, 157 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, he's just having a great year, uh, definitely NFL bound. Uh, and But whenever you see your, your top receiving leader with Tamarion Terry, you know, four receptions, but 55 yards. Uh, he, he had a nice play, of course, but uh, offensively, it just cannot click right now. And, you know, this this has a, been a big topic on Twitter, and there were, I spotted it during the game, too. I was watching it on TV, but I did see Willie Taggart uh, seemed to be like he was calling plays, uh, or at least helping out with Kendall Bryles. But, I mean, what do you guys take on that with, you know, Kendall Bryles is brought here to, to coach this offense, to call plays. Um, and uh, it seems like Willie Taggart is kind of getting in there uh, and having some play call duties. And if that's the case, plus the offense isn't really going well i mean i've I've seen plays that were ran last year and they're still being ran t- uh, this year and it just doesn't work but uh y'all get, just give me y'all's thoughts go, you can go ahead and start dustin on just you know if taggart really is splitting play calling duties with kendall bryles yeah you know I, I couldn't really tell during the game but i mean to your point i'll just say i really hope taggart isn't breaking the plan that he had uh when he brought kendall bryles here and that was for Bryles to be the mastermind of this offense and lead it week in and week out, not not just for Taggart, you know, to start calling plays at times during games in the middle of the season. That's that's not what Bryles agreed to do. So if that's what's going on, you know, I could understand if Bryles is having some reservations about his future in Tallahassee. It was hard for me to tell from the stands whether he was actually calling plays or not but it also seems like watching back on replays he was at least had a 
call sheet for the defense as well. So maybe he's not as much calling the plays as he is just seeing what's being called. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. I think he does have some say like every head coach does, but I don't think he's completely taken over for Bryles. Yeah, I don't think he's fully taken over. Um, I do think, though, that something's going on here where uh, where you hope to not see is disconnect between both of them. But I do think Taggart is splitting some kind of play calling duties in there. I'm sure we'll be able to tell a little bit better on Sunday when they face Syracuse or Sunday, Saturday when they face Syracuse. Uh, but like you said, Dustin, messing up the plan that Taggart had put in place. He said it publicly in press conferences before the season started, planned on handing over fully, fully the play calling duties to Kendall Bryles. Uh, and this also, you know, starts the conversation of, you know, if Kendall Bryles isn't getting the full go ahead with calling plays, how long does Kendall Bryles stay in Tallahassee? And I think a lot of fans do believe in Kendall Bryles. I mean, a lot of people do. I mean, a lot of people, reporters around the country do just from his track record, track record, and uh, how well he's able to turn offenses around and what he's done with Florida State so far. But things are starting to trickle backwards, and you can look at it stats-wise or whatever you want to see. But straight off, off straight off on the field, uh, things just aren't working so uh, fluid like they were to start the season. So and that's something to keep an eye on for sure. That will be a hot topic uh, going into Saturday for the rest of the week. Uh, Austin wanted to note on this one and which irritated fans enormously. And that this is something that Florida state has done too. After what is it after kickoffs or kick kickoff returns, calling timeouts. Um, not really entirely sure what's going on, but this of course starts with the head coach, but what are y'all's thoughts on the uh, timeout? Uh, before the final kick, what is it? They were icing uh, Aguayo, their own kicker. I mean, part of it was Aguayo not getting out there fast enough and then taking too long to set up, but at the other time, some of it's on coaching for the kicking game, not getting out there faster. But on the other hand, should we really be kicking a 50-yard field goal in the rain with a kicker who's had noted struggles all season? So the whole thing was just, there's a whole lot to question there. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was terrible. I get the timeout because of the whole lining up issue, especially with the weather. You know, I, I don't think Ricky was going to be able to have enough time to get that original kickoff. But at that point in the game, about two minutes ago, you had two timeouts, but you burned that one. So you're down to one timeout. You shouldn't be putting your kicking team back on the field. That's when you need to roll the offense out there and, and go for it. Because, I mean, like you saw... Florida State missed that kick. Wake Forest pretty much got to run the clock down to less than 30 seconds, and then, you know, the game was over after that. Y'all saw saw what happened. Yep, that was uh, pretty unfortunate. Uh, And one thing, you know, that that was a nasty game. We expected rain to happen and for it to be the weather to be pretty terrible. Uh, for a majority of that game, but it really started kicking in during the second half. Um, and that's where they kind of went to uh, Cam Akers a little bit more. But, you know, the, we'll get into the quarterback talk now. Uh, James Blackman goes for 27-43, 280 yards, two touchdowns and one interception. But he, he's still looking lost out there. I don't know what's really happened with him. Uh, I haven't seen really any progress. I mean, we saw where he was lighting it up against Boise State. Things looked easy. The offense looked scary. <laughs> I think all of us at NG and our group chat were like, what is actually happening? But since then, I mean, things have kind of um, digressed for uh, James Black and Blackman and things have dropped down. The quarterback situation is, is a massive talk. I don't know if Florida State has a quarterback corp right now. I don't think Jordan Travis gets playing time unless it's garbage. Uh, time in games but what is the quarterback situation right now for Florida State heading to Syracuse I mean I'd say it's it's pretty unsteady you know you have James Blackman you have Alex Hornibrook but either of them have really proven this season that you know they can lead a team to success and multiple wins especially especially consistently I mean you saw 
Hornybrook have a solid game against Louisville. He did he did okay against NC State, and then he just gets absolutely destroyed at Clemson. And then same thing with Blackman. Like you said, he started the season out strong, and then he's regressed. So at this point, going into game eight, I don't think Florida State's comfortable at all with, with where the quarterbacks are at. It's it's really the, the liability of the offense, along with the offensive line right now, which is pretty crazy to say coming into the season. We thought it'd be a strong point having a quarterback like Blackman as a starter and then having a experienced veteran in, in Hornybrook as his backup. I didn't think Blackman played that horribly against Wake Forest. Obviously, everyone's mad about him not seeing, I think it was Keith Gavin, on that fourth down. He missed some throws, which Hornerbrook's done all season, and right. often struggled to move, which against Hornerbrook did the same thing. So, yeah, quarterback play isn't where we thought it would be right now. And after this first few games, we all thought the offense was going to be lighting the world on fire. And the last few weeks, you wonder where they've gone. Yeah, no, I agree. I think this sort of been, I don't know, the, the quarterback situation, uh, Florida State, Fans are extremely pissed at every single thing right now. I mean, I mean, I mean it's un, it's understandable for sure. Uh, but I don't think James Blackman had a horrific game. I, but you know, the highlights is uh, highlights of the game is of course if you're able to screenshot something and put it on Twitter and show that he's not seen Keith Gavin, even though a play was already being called. Kendall Browles, like Tiger said, immediate play run off to the right with Cam Akers. Was that a fourth down? Um, fourth and two. Fourth and two, yeah, fourth and two, and obviously the uh, uh, call was to get it quick, quick, run right, um, and that's what uh, was it Taggart said in the press conference because that was asked, and uh, of course, you know, you would hope that Blackman or Kendall Browse would make an effort to have the quarterback read just for a couple seconds and see what's out there, but uh, that was a highlight for Twitter and the conversation there, and also uh, fumbling at the end of the game, which <laughs> it's a wet game. Um, he did have some time in the pocket for sure, but, I mean, it's the end of the game. I I don't know. I think it's just going to be interesting to see. I would not personally be shocked, and I don't know about you guys. We'll go and take our prediction now, I would not be shocked if you see Blackman out there again and starting on Saturday for the Seminoles. No, not at all. No, I mean, I, oh, sorry. I, I agree with you, Logan. I think Blackman's going to start. From being at the game last Saturday, Hornerbrook was warming up on the sidelines, but it never looked like he was going to be given a chance. And I think that'll stay the same case this week. Yeah, he's been doing that all season, too. I, I, watching him warm up and do all that. Of course, I'm sure he wants to go in there, but it doesn't seem like it's a plan.
Hope to see you guys soon and hope you all have a great rest of y'all's week and weekend.